1: Are you PNLP? This is the Premier Non League Podcast. we are again episode 41 a little bit depleted again as per normal as we seemingly are just have, seem to have a never-ending injury list at the moment but welcome <laughs> to episode 41 of the premier non-league podcast right then tonight james unavailable again so i'm afraid you've got the dulcet tones of me trevor and uh joining me this evening i've got gaz in his hotel room on the east kent coast you all right, gaz
2: very good mate how are you
1: very well, thank you. And good. up in the northeast, where it's getting a little bit chillier, it's even getting chilly down in the south. But Chris May, welcome.
0: Very, very good evening to
1: you all. Adam, before we get before we get started on the football this evening, obviously we had some sad news at the weekend where a fan collapsed at the National League game between Bromley and Yeovil, and despite attempts to resuscitate him, some some very good work from the physio teams, I think, from both sides, from Bromley and Yeovil. Unfortunately, the supporter passed away on the way to hospital. And obviously, the game was abandoned. Um, our thoughts at the PNLP are with those from Bromley, from Yeovil, and everyone else connected with that sad incident. Sad that someone's gone to a football match and not return home at the end of it. But as I said, our thoughts with that Bromley supporter and their family this evening. Right, we'll apologise now a little bit because we're a little bit National League heavy tonight with what we're going to discuss. There's a fair bit going on, but we've got a few other bits and pieces from the from the pyramid that we'll pick out as well. And normally we'd start with a little bit of Worthing and a little bit of South Shields. And we're, we're, we're missing our two Werving correspondents tonight, but... We can't go. I don't think without mentioning their result at the weekend. Can we go?
2: What a, what a guys? result it was against who one of the favourites to win the league, um, or certainly be up and around around that sort of area. Beating them five one uh, in their own backyard. <laughs> yeah. it, what a great result it was.
1: Yeah, I think um, it's uh, the, the the weekend's results actually felt quite nicely for Ebbfleet, with haven't been beaten and um, uh, Dartford as well. So it's given Ebbfleet pole position back again with some games in hand. But they've um, got to go to
2: Worthing tomorrow, though.
1: They have Ebbfleet are at Worthing tomorrow evening, where uh, I think both you and I are going to be at, Gaz, aren't we? We are indeed.
2: We are indeed. It'll
1: almost,
0: it'll almost be a PNLP full house, will it?
1: It could be, yeah. I think yeah, I think James is back. Pete will obviously be on commentary. So um yeah, it could be could be all four of us in one building for one of the very few times I think it's happened this season so far.
2: James definitely finished Gallivant, is he?
1: Or I think so, yeah. I think he flies back today, which is obviously why he's not with us this evening. But um yeah, no, fantastic result for them. Um so another tough test tomorrow evening they're still sitting in those playoff positions in as well keeping pace with everyone else so um they're doing they're doing quite nicely again but we'll, we'll move on as the other guys are not here to add their two pound thing to that one and um Chris you've had quite a few games in the last couple of weeks haven't you since we last last spoke mm. and uh one thing I wanted to ask you about obviously, we spoke on that weekend, uh, That sorry, that Monday when we recorded. Geordie Mongoy had just signed for you on loan from Wildstone. Yeah. What impression he's made?
0: Yeah, he can't stop scoring. No. Um, he um, He's a kind of player where I, I, I'm not quite sure he knows what he's doing at times, <laughs> but if he doesn't know what he's doing, defenders aren't going to know what he's doing. No. Um, there are times that he doesn't look as though he's got control of the ball, but he, he has. Um and he he runs at people, he gets himself into good situations, good positions. You can tell he hasn't played a lot for a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, he really does blow up after about 65 minutes. But um, he's a real handful, and it's a it's a loan signing which has made a massive impact for us, and that's all you can ask for. Um he's become he's very he's become very popular very quickly, which is great for him, not just the club. I think he needs I think he needs somewhere. I think he needs somewhere to, to be wanted by the sounds of it and by the looks of it. So he, he, he hit the ground running. Um, particularly on Wednesday night, we were away to Radcliffe, which is always a tough test away from home midweek. And um, without wanting to be too, um, well, arrogant, we wiped the floor with I mean, the, the final score was 2-1, but we shouldn't have conceded. And we should have scored maybe two, three more goals, but we were outstanding. And he was part of that. I mean, the front three with uh, Lewis Alessandra and Darius Aceh were unstoppable. So, yeah, Jordi's come in. He's done great. Um, People are already asking, can we keep him until January? Can we keep him until April? Can we keep him whatever, you know? So it's good for the lad. He's done really well.
1: It's, it's quite ironic, really, because I was Barney played Willstone at, at, at the weekend, and Willstone looked very toothless up front. So <laughs> while he's while he's firing away up in the north there, it looked as he, you know, maybe it might work out for him when he comes back down again. I don't know.
0: Well, let's hope so for the lad. I mean, we, we had Darius a say on loan at Ashton for a month. Um he, he he had a few niggles and Darius needs to play games. He's a bit he reminds me a little bit of Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney always needed to play football. Um, it's no good. He was not he he, she, he wasn't wanting to be rested or rotated, you know, he just has to play to stay fit. And Darius needed game time and we needed, but we had we didn't have time to let him get that. We needed an impact. So he went to Ashton for a month and he's come back fly absolutely flying, which is brilliant. So the loan, the loan system can work if it's used properly. Um, except if you're FC United Manchester and got three points for fielding six goalies instead of five. <laughs> yeah, we did have that, didn't we, a couple <laughs> of weeks
1: ago? Yeah. Two points dropped at the weekend for you.
0: Yeah, really annoying because, um, again, it was a game we dominated. They got an early goal. It was a, a good goal, probably a foul in the build-up, but um, we dominated the game, and uh, they're they're a workman like team, Ashton United. They're not they're no great shakes, but they're very workmanlike. like. And um, we broke them down and we hit the bar twice. We were unlucky there, but we got 3-1 up with six minutes to go and we just didn't defend two corners. That's it. That's the story of the game. We didn't defend two corners and we... But still top of the league. Yeah, Um, indeed. A point point clear, a point clear, game in hand. If somebody had said to any supporter in uh, early August, you know, as you start December... You're, you're, you're a point ahead at the top of the league with a game in hand, would you take it? I, and if any supporter I said, no I wouldn't, well they're not worth their salt, are they? Yeah,
1: quite agree. So how does December look for the Shields? It sounds as if you've caught up on a few of those games in hand now.
0: Yeah, we've got one left which is next Tuesday. away to a mask which means it's only a 45-minute journey. Um, they are struggling. They are heading towards the bottom of the table. We're at Staley Bridge on Saturday who are in the bottom three. Um... But then the crunch one at the moment, anyway, it's uh, a week on Saturday away to Gainsborough, who are currently third, and um, that'll be the big one. But South Shields are just starting to hit their straps a little bit. Um, uh, what I've seen over the last two weeks, I've been very impressed, particularly and, on Wednesday night. They were excellent,
1: and certainly no FA Cup hangover by the looks of no, things either.
0: Not at all. Well, it's it's just cleared the decks, hasn't it? It's allowed us to to get i mean i'm just thinking you know had we been in the look at alf church if you look at alf church who obviously got to the second round yeah i think they've only played something like 12 league games that's that's scary you know heading towards christmas and you've only played 12 games wow they've got some catching up to do and
1: certainly have and um while we're staying the in, in the north as well something you picked up on and I saw as well that late last night the Staley Bridge chairman resigning, which I think he's been there quite a while hasn't he 20 years
0: I think yes. yeah and it's a good club Staley Bridge Um, they've got some good I've, I've actually
1: been there Chris I've actually been Have there it? yeah FA Cup oh. replay we had oh, absolute age ago we won we won 1-2-0 with two junior and a Grazioni goals, having drawn there at the weekend but yeah wow. in once there we go
0: there's your well, back for um, the evening everyone yeah, very good, very good, Giuliano Grazioli. There's a blast from the past.
1: There's a blast. Um,
0: so we're there, we're there on Saturday, and yeah, it's, it sounds like he's not he's not well at all. He's been there twenty years plus. Um, I hope you know, health permitting, he can stay involved in some way down the line. we have just got to get him, hopefully, get his health sorted out. Not sure of the nature of the illness, if I'm honest. Uh, but it's a good club and um, some good folk. Um, the, the previous manager, Simon Hayworth, is a good lad. Met him a couple of times and, um, and we're there on Saturday. And, and again, goodwill and good sense, common sense. Um, after last night's um, England result, um, Saturday taught to, and players as well, of course, players and staff, to get home in good time to get back for the England game on Saturday evening. So, you know, good sense, common sense from the clubs, from the league. And obviously goodwill from Staleybridge, ultimately the other home side. Uh, we kicked off at one o'clock on Saturday at home against Ashton because um, England could have played on Saturday but didn't. Um, so yeah, it's good to see that as a you know if, if you've got enough time, get get these things sorted out. It augurs well for good relations and it means supporters can get both get both games in.
2: Yeah, I didn't do true. any games, sorry, I didn't do any games at the weekend. Did you notice any, did, did it seem to affect the players any anything by starting that a little bit earlier? Obviously, Trev, you're up at Barnet and you're at no, Astrum, I'm still, it. I'm
1: still waiting for Will
2: Stone to turn up, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, but I didn't, um... get to, I didn't get to any games, so I, I haven't, I didn't see it, but I didn't know if it would affect the players getting up that little bit earlier when they're used to a three o'clock, but then I suppose more so for Barnet, they... TV games sometimes early kick-off on a, on a Saturday, so they're, mm. they're, they're a little bit more used to it, but they've moved for Chris, I suppose, getting across.
0: Yeah, I didn't notice conference. anything. I, one thing I did notice, obviously, the attendance has just dropped slightly to um 1,800. I don't think yeah, there's I actually that, that, that many. In the, there wasn't actually that many in the ground. I think that includes season ticket holders, and some might not have been there. The 1 o'clock kickoff might have prohibited a few. Plus, we've had a lot of home games li- r- lately. Um Including the FA Cup tie, Christmas is coming, cost of living, etc., etc., etc. It all yeah. boils down to the fact that people can't do everything. So actually, that was our last home game until Boxing Day. So that might just allow supporters to, you know, get their appetites whetted for Boxing Day. We've got a big game against Whitby, almost a local derby. So, yeah, um, yeah still eighteen hundred. I mean, it's it's terrific. But with the new, with the new stand we have, with the nine hundred and whatever seats in the stand, it just makes the ground look kind of almost empty, uh, mm. you know, because the capacity is increased uh, by over 500. So um, we, need a, we need crowds of two, three, two, four, just to try and kind of make it feel as though it's a big crowd, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. yeah. Those early kick bring us nicely onto the National League streaming in a moment. But what I wanted to ask the pair of you really was, last weekend, obviously, we saw clubs move the games to, or leagues as well, Move games to one o'clock, but then obviously allowed the flexibility to go back to to three Mm -hmm. o'clock. And it's a bit more difficult in the National League where you've got policing, you've got a lot of stewarding, you've got catering staff and everything that you would have got in early, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I appreciate that would have been harder to, to move back. But having then seen it again, you know, most of today, clubs are coming out and asking the question, can we move? should leagues have looked at this back in the summer
2: and worked
1: out two different models of progress and gone right well we could have an issue there we could have an issue there so well in advance rather than the beginning of the month or the four-week period it starts should they have come out and said you know here you can play on so and so day or you can play there literally so it's not going to cause any issue And then not because, you I know, said so Barney got a trip to Halifax on Saturday. Um, and, um, you know, people would have booked train tickets and stuff like that in advance. You know, if you've got an open ticket, not so much of a problem, but if you're going to go at a specific time, you move the kick-off even by an hour just so people can get home for seven o'clock is going to make a bit of an, an issue. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, the first part of that question, you know, for both of you, do you think that, you know, the league should have looked at it Way back in advance and gone, so everybody knew weeks and months ago. Whatever scenario happened for England, it would have fitted around it rather than we doing it a few days beforehand.
2: I do, I do, but do we expect anything else? Is what I'm <laughs> going to say. Like, yeah, I do think that they should have done something like that, but I'm not surprised that it's been left to the last minute. <laughs> um... I agree with that,
0: but I would also add that by d- in doing so, the superstitious among football fr- the football fraternity may have thought, well, if we do all of this, what happens if England don't get out the group? We've put all this in place and England didn't get out the group. What a waste of time that was.
1: Yeah, I mean, pers- personally, I mean, you guys know I've watched a minute of it. I'm not interested in it at yeah. all because, I, you know, I've, there's so much stuff going on. I could have picked about seven different blogs things to write about in two days. It's crazy what what material is out there, man. I've got no time to be able to watch a World Cup Mm. game, to be honest. Um, Mm. And, you know, I also looked at it, especially at the weekend when England didn't play in the end. It was Sunday evening. And I'm thinking, should the non-league game have gone right? You as a fan, you make your choice. You watch England or you watch your own team. We're not going to keep moving it around because they've gone for a winter World Cup that's outside Mm. of non-league control. You know, and, and again, I can, you know, seeing, you, seeing your reaction to your face to that, Gaz, you know, that's my own personal view because I'm not yeah. interested in it. Um, And, you know, again, brings me onto the, the, bring me onto the streaming bit in a minute as well, that I want to watch live football. I'm not one for sitting in an armchair, even when it's freezing cold. Mm. Um, You know, rarely, rarely will I turn around and, and not go if it's raining. If there's a bit less cover then you know, and it's likely to be a game that's going to have a decent crowd, then... That might be the only thing that slightly puts me off. But again, it still takes a lot. So,
2: No, I agree. And I think I said to you like, I wouldn't necessarily choose watching football at home over going to a live game. But for me, if there's a chance that I can watch a live game, then go home and watch my country play. Yeah, I'd I'd take that if that makes sense, because I am I am a football fan. First and foremost, I will watch football at any level. I love non-league football. Don't get me wrong, but I will watch football at any level. Um, if I had half a chance to go to Qatar, I'd go. But I think that that's just that's just my opinion. I think that's yeah, why no. I, that's why I think change, changing 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 the, the the times is probably as should have been done, or at yeah. least like you say, have the two have the two um, I, I, the two I, I, my, scenarios. Yeah.
0: Hindsight's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, but in hindsight, perhaps during the duration of the World Cup, all non-league football to kick off at 1 p.m. And then everybody would have known where they were. And it means that if whatever, whatever the scenario, if England had come second in the group and played on the on the Saturday or whatever, whatever, then um if every game between whatever the dates are, yeah. 1 p.m. kickoffs. And, given the financial crisis and everything, I don't think clubs would have complained because of the fact that by kicking off at one o'clock, you don't need to use your floodlights. No. And if the the game is on, if there's a game on at three o'clock on the TV, most people would have probably stayed in the ground in the football club to watch the game and then spend more money on beer.
2: I was
1: just about to say that. Yeah, very true. bring brings us onto the new National League streaming platform that's been announced this week. And the reason I bring that into this little bit as well is because... Saturday afternoon I'm heading to Littlehampton just up the road as they take on Corinthian in the uh, Ishmin League or the pitching in Ishmin League Southeast division and they're kicking off at one o'clock now that was a pre-arranged thing from uh, weeks ago whatever it was already set in stone so I looked at it and I thought oh that's fantastic I can go and watch that and then I can come home and watch Halifax versus Barnet on the, on the stream now if they move the kickoff time a little bit earlier then that becomes a little bit more difficult so i'm all for the streaming for this weekend but as i've seen from when it got announced over the weekend and the clubs found out about it on friday um, it's created quite a quite a stir on social media just because literally of the model they've chosen to distribute the monies and it's it is a little bit complicated um I'm lucky bit. I've seen a few a little bit. Yeah, i have lucky I've seen a, li- a few people have run through it, and I was also lucky to actually see the 18 page document that got sent out to the National League clubs. Now, the, yeah, <laughs> that was offered to me. I wasn't going to say no.
0: <laughs>
1: and um, reading through that, the clubs uh, weren't given any much notice of it. Apparently, the National League North clubs didn't even get the email on Friday afternoon, just the South and the North, uh, the National. League top division, sorry. Um, And the club's actually had no say in what has gone on. It's been decided a bit similar to the gate money, which we'll come to a bit later (laughs) as well. It's sort of running along the same kind of lines. You see a bit of a theme, can't you? Um, And my understanding of how it works is if, for example, we'll take Halifax Barnet at the weekend because obviously I was, that was the one I was going to go and watch. And the clubs don't, aren't being charged to host the streams. They've been, it's all being done by BT and the National League. There's no outlay costs to the clubs. But the way the revenue is divvied up, me as a Barnet fan watching the game would mean that I think it was Halifax would get 60% of the revenue, I think. If I... Uh, Yeah, I think Halifax gets 60. Now, if I wasn't a Barnet fan, I just wanted to tune in because I wanted to watch a game of football and maybe I was doing a scouting report for someone. And because I'm not affiliated to either club, which it would apparently give me the option to do, then that whole money is split across every club in the entire National League. So it's all 72. Doesn't make sense, does it, from that little bit? No. Because obviously only 60% goes in that little bit, 15% goes back to the National League for reinvestment. Mm -hmm. And I think the other, what's the other
2: 25%? Um, The other 25% goes split in the the, 70-30 standard. Yeah,
1: yeah. so if you're a National League club, you get more. And if you're a National League South or North club, you get a little bit less. So the way it works isn't perfect. It isn't great, but Surely, the club that's hosting that stream should be getting 100% of the money, regardless of who's watching, who you support, and that's how it should work. Am I right? Or am I wrong?
0: Well, you're right. Yeah, you're right. It's, oh, not it, it,
1: comp- it's not an FA competition.
2: No. No. I mean, so, even the yeah. even if it was like eighty five percent, the whole eighty five percent goes to that club, and then the fifteen percent goes into reinvested into the filming side of it. I understand that, mm. but yeah, not the not this.
1: Yeah, I mean, right. I mean you know, for example, say so why should Worthing be getting a share of me watching Halifax against Barnet or Dagenham and Redbridge against Boreham Wood? You know it what? what no, what relevance has it got? Um, you know to, to that going on but so when you see if you book that stream yeah, yeah
0: you you have a choice of saying you are affiliated to Halifax or you are affiliated to Barnet or neither yeah, yeah, yeah. well anybody could f- fiddle that <laughs> you just say well you know
1: yeah I mean I, I haven't I haven't opened the platform up at all mm. to have a look to see how it works I went till till Saturday to see how it goes sure. I'll have a bit more of a clearer idea then and um I can see why they've rushed it out to do it now because the 3 pm blackout is on hold until January while the World Cup's on. So you've Mm -hmm. got a two week window to be able to have a look at it. And they've purposely done the National League and not the North and South yet to make sure that the lower two divisions weren't burdened with any costs during the test run. It's split solely down there, which I can understand. But the North and South clubs benefit during this two week testing period as well from. Revenue made as well, which I don't think is, is excuse me, is right either. Um, but it just seems a little bit rushed and a little bit poked and prodded because Wrexham have, you know, made noise. But, and I will say on that point, that what Wrexham put across to happen is completely different to what the National League have put across. Wrexham's model is actually a better way of it being... If dealt with than what the actual league have yeah. done themselves. Now, whether so, just, this, go on,
2: on. so just going back to it. Yeah. Obviously, there's the, the blackouts lifted at the moment, but from yeah. January that blackout's going to be in. So no 3 p.m. games or televised games will be able to go through the streaming service, right?
1: Not in the UK. Abroad, you'll okay. still be able to get it. And any midweek so, game.
2: So then, use a VPN. Just yeah. yeah, but not that yeah. we're encouraging anyone to do that. But of course, we're not. <laughs>
1: that sort of thing doesn't exist, does it?
2: Yeah. But, um... <laughs> but but what I'm trying to say is, from January, what what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. if you're not going to a game, most national league games, maybe bar one or two, on a weekend, kick off at three o'clock. Yeah. What yeah. what's the point? On that note, that maybe that's when the league go. Or maybe you can all move your games to one o'clock in the afternoon and you have the games at one o'clock in the afternoon to get round the, the blackout. Or,
1: yeah, or kicking off at five o'clock or on a Sunday
2: yeah, or a yeah. Friday night. Mm-hmm. Offering mm-hmm. them that alternative to be able yeah. to add... I, I see Chris sort of grimacing there, and I understand why, because if you're doing that for, for the National League, you should be able to do that for the Northern League, the Eastern League. Yeah, all the yeah. leagues should be able to do that. You can't necessarily treat one... Like so, for example, South Shield should be in the national league and should be benefiting from that. On, on the size of the club, the the club's mm. stature, and everything else, but they're not going to benefit from it. I, I just I, I don't i don't think it's fully been thought through from January. Well, now, this it, month's it ha- great, but from January, I don't think it's been fully thought through. Well yeah, enough.
0: it is a knee jerk reaction to what Wrexham have done. There's no doubt about that. And in terms of dividend, you know, the the divvying up of money. To me, it should always be the home side. Like at the end of the day, they—if people are deciding to watch a stream rather than go at the game—the home side should still benefit because they're losing income on on, on the turnstile. So I would always advocate ninety percent of the home club, and then ten percent or ninety-five to five percent. Because obviously you've got to pay, there's got to be a levy of some description. There's always a levy. You pay a levy for the host or the league or whatever to to pay to cover costs. But there shouldn't be a, it's just, again, it's a, it just muddies waters that don't need to be muddied at the end of the day. Mm.
1: What's what's your opinion though on, on, on the attendance and whether that would be effective? Because that's the biggest thing, I think other than the money distribution, that people are a little bit, concerned about i mean as we've said like you know we go to a game um you know for this for this month we've got within the trial period we've got um halifax away knox county away now neither of those two i would do literally because of the cost for me because i've got that extra two hour journey before i even reach barnet let alone mm-hmm. you know the travel up this weekend i've got my kids can't put them in a car for six to eight hours just to go and watch a game of football That's not that's not fair either. Selfishly for me, it's great. I can watch both of our games on those two nights. It would mean potentially that a local club would not benefit from me being there and getting my money that way. But I would then be supporting my club or like, you know, we're away on both games that that we'd be playing. But if it'd been Easterly away, been Dorkin away, Maidstone, I think I counted this morning when I talked to someone else. I've got eleven National League away games that are closer for me to get to than actually getting to my home game at the Hive. So I wouldn't even dream of staying at home and watching out the stream. I'd be there watching because yeah. that's what I want to do. But, you know, the so attendance yeah. is a big thing.
0: Um, South Shields Football Club have always been against us um, providing commentary for home games because the fear is people will take an easy option and decide just to listen to the match on the radio rather than go to the game, particularly in the winter months. And I agree with that. Mm. Um, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Yes, there are some people who don't live in, in the area. Some people live yes. abroad. Yeah. Um, and that's where the streaming for those abroad can, can come in, of course. Um, so this, the whole idea around streaming, in my view, should should always be for the good of the host club and their income. Simple as. And if you keep that across the board, it's very fair because you play the same number of games at home as you do away, and everybody plays the same number of games at home. Nobody's worse off. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot,
2: That's I think it. the only other thing that good thing that could come out of it is like is the is the commentary side of it. I think they said that the commentary could be coming from there could be commentary and stuff supplied by the clubs and that sort of thing. Um so someone like yourself, Chris, who does yeah. commentary for the game, it yeah. gives you a little bit of exposure about and, and that sort of thing. And Pete, for example, who does the commentary where they give the little bit more exposure to the bigger picture, if that makes sense, yeah. and, and everything mm-hmm. else. So mm-hmm. I do think that's a good side of it. So. It is. I mean,
0: we did the live streaming during the COVID hit. Yeah. Mm. the 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 season after the null and void, um, and it was brilliant. For, Ronnie and I had a ball. You know, it was great. Um, and I guess if, if that was that, if, if South Shields got promoted into the National League North, the next season there's the opportunity to stream games. I know there's a there's been talk of we've got a our executive director uh, lives in Kuala Lumpur um Malaysia and um I think he's, he's drumming up a lot of support over there so there could be a demand in the far east yeah you know for 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 South shield's games and I'd be I'd be more than happy to commentate on those yeah but everything has to, everything everything should always be done with the income of the home team paramount
1: the interesting thing on the commentary thing though which we will just bring it back to is that the the document said like, that you can. We take it from club feeds or, um, or local, you know, BBC radio, or anything like that. I wonder actually how many clubs shat themselves and went. We've got nothing at the yeah, moment. Yeah. We haven't had anything. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Barn one of them and gone. Yeah. Christ, you know, we we play next Tuesday at home. Yeah. Um. You know. Are we gonna Are we gonna manage to in that time find someone to do it? You know. But and and pro- are they gonna be good enough?
0: It would probably just be crowd sound only, wouldn't it?
1: Possibly. Possibly, that, that, yeah. It, it
0: would have to be. It yeah. would have to be crowd sound only.
1: I no, this is know. That's an interesting one that's going to play out. Um, we definitely haven't heard the last of it, for sure. Um, and again, as well, I think as well, how well this goes, Chris, will, will be how it might filter down a little bit below step one yeah. and two, but yeah. maybe on a non-domestic basis only, that yes. expats abroad can... Self watch South Shields, they can watch Worthing, they can watch Little Hampton, Bognor Regis, you know, whoever, mm-hmm. whoever they can, but we'll see, we'll see where we go with that one. So that brings us nicely as well onto the Gate Money documentary, which, which came out last week. And um, for those, for those of you who, who don't know, Fred Atkins, who's a Maidstone United fan, who I've actually, I know of for quite a few years, put together a little documentary for just under an hour long to Work out where the ten million pound went that the national yes. league clubs, all seventy-two of them, got um, yes. during the COVID months when they weren't sure if they were going to uh, start again. And um, uh, I know you've watched it, Gaz. I don't think you've had time to get yourself through it, Chris.
2: No, no, I um,
1: haven't. it's an interesting watch. Uh,
2: interesting.
1: I'll, I'll have to say, um, and when you read the stuff about the streaming and everything like that, and you go back to gate money and you have a look through the documentary and the stuff on that, there's parallels along the lines of this is how we're going to do it. We're not answerable to anyone. Tough. If you don't like it. That right mm. like guys.
2: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I watched it and I was I started taking notes and then I was like, I can't take any more notes if I'm out of space. <laughs> <laughs> um, like from from even from the beginning, even like the best run clubs were affected by COVID. Like they were affected and just how corrupt it makes the National League National League look was it was damning, like, yeah. and I read yeah. some of the comments on the video that they were saying mm. that, that there should be criminal charges brought against some of these people because of the way it was it was done. I don't know what criminal charges they could bring against them because I'm not a law professional. But, I suppose um, yeah.
1: would be the first thing that springs to mind there, um, perverting the course of justice.
2: Yeah, um, There's something like seven out of the seventeen board members worth were. In a positive for their clubs if that makes sense from what I understood of it how do you mean The 17 board members um, that are members of that are chairmen of football clubs and 7 out of those 17 all their clubs benefited out of the the yeah. 10 million pound that went in I in they were in the green and not the red um, but that there was a guy on there Duncan Hart I think yeah. he was what they called Non-league Boffin, I think they called him. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um but he made such a simple made it such a simple process and showed probably the way it should have been done by dividing everything up by the total number of attendants and, and working out how much each person is worth and then giving the clubs that much money. This is how much yeah. your average game was, this is how much mm. money you should have. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um
2: and then Going through, friend of the pod, Mark White was on there a few times talking about it, and I think he actually made a lot of sense in what he was saying. Um, go and watch it because it's definitely worth it's definitely worth watching. If you're a fan of on league, you should. Be, I I think you should watch it. Um, I've had plenty of time today to watch it while we, before we recorded, so I made a point of watching it. Um, and the, the only thing this, is, I guess, is that well,
1: obviously it's now two years down the line. As yeah a, what what can be done um i think it's it's a great eye-opener um into how it shouldn't have been done um yeah. i don't know how like again i don't know how much you can go back and through and you know and actually historically charge people criminally you know or whatever but you know when you when you get the very start of it and you get the who, who's the government minister nigel can't think of his name now again with an h um standing up in the Commons and going yeah it's all going to be based on gate receipts and then basically going to the National League here's your 10 million go and do what you like with it and absolve themselves of any blame out of it Camelot said we don't want anything to do with it either and that just has the National League board to go right let's crack on chaps but I think the fact that they haven't offered any comment whatsoever they didn't want the independent report published that they asked to have someone investigate what they've done yeah. Just shows that they know they've done wrong and they're not Ooh. prepared to come out and say, you know, even even offer an apology or how they arrived at the figures they did for some of those clubs.
2: Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right. And then I think one thing that stuck with me at the end, um, is when the chairman left and then through a thorough recruitment process, vice chairman Jack Pierce was got a promotion out of all the corruption. I, I can't. I mean, being a Werving boy and Jack Pierce being Bognor, I can't stand the bloke anyway. But even more so, like someone, if you do wrong and get a promotion, it just sends the wrong type of mm. message to everyone, mm. doesn't it?
1: Mm. Uh,
2: if I did my job wrong and then got a promotion, I, I, I don't know what would happen. It wouldn't happen. The long and short of it is, it wouldn't happen.
0: So, so, so I haven't watched it yet. Um, if I watched it. Would it perhaps reopen old wounds of mine from the COVID times? Possibly.
1: Possibly. Um, yeah. I mean, I. I mean, I said when I wrote the a blog the, the other evening for it on my on my site um, that I said that I think if the national league national league north and south clubs knew at that point then that they were going to get. A minute amount. Some of them, some of them, benefited from it because their attendances were lower, but got more money. And others, with Mark, Mark White
2: openly admitted that he benefited from it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: Dawkin and Tunbridge both did, and you know, but they could see the problem that was going to come from them getting extra money and others not getting the cash they should have had. I, the likes so, of you know, Maidstone averaged over two thousand the season before when it was stopped. Tunbridge's average is under. A thousand Dawkins probably would have only been around about a thousand, yet they all got the same amount of money. I think. yeah, Chester in the north, average you know, probably 1, 16, 1800 got the same as say maybe Alfreton, who were averaging six, 700. You know, people could see where the problems were going to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I thought you know, I said, I think if, if the clubs knew then what they were getting, the fact that when they got to January. Everything was in alone. You get saddled with that for 10 years, regardless of whether you're still at the club in 10 years or not. They wouldn't have kicked a the ball. They wouldn't have started. But the fact they've got, you know, the ratio of votes as well is so improportionate. You know, the National League and South get four votes between them. Every National League top division club gets a vote each. It's, you know, it's not right and something that needs to change. You're, you know, you're a member of a competition. You should be entitled to vote on it, not you know, not flipping four votes between you. It's it's ridiculous, but um, yeah. yeah, it might open a few old wounds, but um, it, it it does explain a it does explain a little bit. And like I say, that you know, the national league with their reluctance to actually put anything forward, um, you know, doesn't really paint them in a good light. I've got to say,
2: yeah, yeah. I might watch it. I might not. I think something that stuck in my mind was. Um... The Secretary of State for the DCMS, uh, Oliver Dowden, yeah. wh- who is the MP for Borehamwood, and then Borehamwood did significantly well out of the uh, payments. Yeah, same. it, it just nice. it just stinks of um, corrupt. Um, and when things are corrupt, changes need to happen. But changes happened, and the vice chairman got promoted to the chairman. So there we go. <laughs>
0: and South Shields want to be in the national league.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs>
1: Right, so having talked Gate Money to death, having talked streaming to death, let's talk York City's new manager, shall we? David, David Webb, not the David Webb that was once in charge at South End and played for Chelsea and that one, which was the first thing I looked at and thought, hello, that's a, that's a bit of a mm. bit of a throwback. But no, a relatively unknown David Webb, who has a lovely CV of academies and consultancy and everything, one amongst some wonderful clubs. But this is the national league. Have we got another David Unsworth situation mm-hmm. on our hands, chat? Yes. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, it smacks
0: of it, and yeah. there's every risk. You know, there's the risk that it, it really will be. Still can't get over. It's like uh, people. We drew. South Shields drew with Ashton on Saturday, and yes, it was a you know three-three draw. People were shouting on social media, Phillips out, Phillips out. Top of the league. You know what I mean? People are just stupid, man. And York City had a, you know, had something good there. Mm. You've got to remember, York City over a number of years had, had really plummeted to the depths of despair.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, a once proud second division club, i.e., championship club now, were in National League North. Now. Slowly but surely, they've rebuilt. It took a bit of time, but they've got a they had a, a good good manager in there, building a good squad. It's just wrong, wrong.
1: I mean, I mean, what struck me in the non-league paper was, um, I can't think the chap the owner's name is, Henderson something Henderson, um, saying that this guy was the best candidate. So, you know, I'm looking. At, he's not managed a first-team game anywhere. Not at any level. Um, And we see what's happening at Oldham with David Unsworth. It hasn't got any better. And I've seen a lot of Oldham fans calling for his head. Um, They've got a squad that numbers around about 45 now. And I saw them in talk to another two players rumoured to sign. It was either this morning or over the weekend. And I thought, how far do you go with this before you think you've got to put your hands up and go, that's completely wrong. But are we going to get into the same situation for York City,
0: uh, whether York City can afford to have forty-five players in the first-team squad, I'm not sure. No. But
1: um, I don't think Oldham can, to be fair. But
0: you know, at the end of the day, um, I, you know, you call these you know head coaches rather than managers. But unless you can manage people, you've got no chance. You can be mm. the best coach in the world. Look at Steve McLaren. had a decorated career as a coach under Alex Ferguson, etc. Tremendous
1: absolutely.
0: players all over the world have said what a magnificent coach. But you've got to manage people as well, and uh, this is where they're going to come unstuck, in my view. Any, you know, there's a lot of good coaches out there, UEFA A and whatever licenses they've got. Magnet, brilliant, brilliant. They could put on a good a good session and keep players interested in training. But if these people can't manage people, they're on a hiding to nothing.
2: Yeah. Do you think that's why the guys come in from Leeds as well? So the guy, the the, the guy that's going to lead as the number two may be more of a people manager mm. than him. I'm just adding a little bit of a I, yeah. I agree with you guys, but I had a little think about it earlier. And I think he's he said he matches the club's long term vision. So what is that club's long term vision? Do we know? We don't know. Well, well yeah, is that I mean yeah, long, long-term In, vision to go with a more of a youth setup to bring youth from within the club. In which case, this guy is the perfect candidate, having been ex-Millwall, West Ham, when we doing Palace and etc. Academy coach.
1: I think I mean, um, reading what I read in the non-league paper, that's 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 the vision they've got. They want him to manage everything. But I looked yeah. at it and I read it, and my head went: This is the National League. Ooh. This is the National League. It's not yeah. it's not League Two upwards where you might get someone in to do that, and you get to the Premier League, and you want all your teams playing the same way. And you will oversee from the first team right the way through. But this is the National League.
2: Yeah, And at the moment,
1: they're facing the wrong way as well. Yeah. He's got a win game to yeah. build this vision.
2: Along with you, Trev, I think we've both had the added advantage of seeing York a couple of weeks ago at, yeah. down at Dorkin. Yeah. And they offered very, very little. There mm. was a lot of players there lacking confidence mm. and just really they they showed nothing. They didn't really show... There was never any sort of desire to get the ball into the into the final third, to be fair. It was just a case of knock it around, trying not to lose. Unfortunately, they lost 1-0. But then... I know you were at Barnet at the weekend, but I had the advantage of watching York again against Wrexham on the TV at the weekend. And they were, they were much improved. So has this new guy been in there this week? I don't know when he was announced. I can't remember when he was announced. Whether he, uh, he was in the stand a...
1: on Saturday. Start. He started work today, Monday.
2: Okay, so he he, but he would. I'm sure he went into the dressing room and had a chat with them before. So m- maybe he is better people manager than we thought. He's completely unknown, and I and I do get it. It is the National League, and it is a it's a very unforgiving league. Like it doesn't matter who you are. We've seen we've we've seen with Wrexham, like they're not completely invincible that they should be anyone can beat anyone on their day Dorkin beating Barnett for example and 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 that sort of thing so given the benefit of the doubt but I do think it's a very strange
1: appointment
2: but Mm. also it's an appointment that I think would have been researched as well I don't think it's just made a snap decision yeah like, because he's not a known he's not a known person he's not even like we said about david unsworth david unsworth is a name he is a name this guy isn't even a name like we don't mm. know who he is mm. like i just just adding that different perspective on it there's clearly some research yeah. been done there um yeah. when you look at his cv at rail Betis and hoffenheim and mm. the stuff that he's done with those clubs there's clearly been a bit of research done about who he is and what type of person he is and what type of coach he is and how he works.
0: The, the, the worry is there. The number of clubs he's had. He should be about seventy-five
2: years old. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I get like, it. I'm just trying to add a bit of a positive yeah, yeah, there yeah, for yeah. York fans. Hey, like It, hey, it's it, might, come, it, it yeah. might pay
0: off. It really might. And if it does, brilliant. Because you know, it's York City, and uh, they're not too far away from us. We class them as near rivals, and uh, we don't want anybody to fail.
2: No, but it's no. still. We'll I, check back at the end of the season and see if it was an inspirational yeah. um, appointment. I mean, I, mean?
1: At, I mean, if you look at, <laughs> <coughs> excuse me, Luke Williams at Notts County, that's worked. I, I haven't heard of him before, but they do have a way of how they, <coughs> excuse me, structure their club, how they sign their players, how they get their managers in. And he's literally just carried on what Ian Birchnell did. I hadn't yeah. heard much of him before he came in as well, but both of them had managed first team games. Unsworth, I'd love to have seen him do well and actually prove that you can come from the environment he was in and make it work. But if anything, it's got worse there. And all they seem to be doing is throwing more money at more players, which then creates the toxic atmosphere of too mm. many players, not enough for anywhere near the match squad. They're not going to play. They start bad mouthing the club, ride-rady rah, and before you know it, you're National League North. Simple as that. And you look at the bottom two in the National League, as we record this evening, as Scunthorpe and Olden the two sides have got relegated out of the Football League last year. That shows you how difficult this league Absolutely. is when you come down. and, Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just think you need, you've got to have that experience of the National League if you want to get out of it the right way, rather than going for someone that you hope yeah. is going to do yeah. it for you. I
0: think guys, what you said there about... I agree. Know, I agree. You were, but... impressed. you were impressed with them on Saturday compared to when you saw them previously. Could they have just been playing like yeah. that because it was the TV cameras on them?
2: Because it was Wrexham. As
1: Wrexham as well.
2: And it was yeah. Wrexham.
0: Yeah. So the proof will be in the pudding on on a night when they're not when they're playing someone
1: more of their ilk. Yeah. Can I can I do it on a Tuesday night away at Maidenhead? Eh? <laughs>
0: <what we> Aye.
1: <laughs> anyway, let's get away from the let's get away from the National League now and have a look at the FA Cup third round draw, which was made after uh, after we last recorded. And gents, no TV picks for the four non-league clubs still in it. Are we a little bit surprised or do you think the draw wasn't that favourable for them?
0: I think what it does is it further illustrates the fact that the National League is just more or less League 3 that's not it wouldn't be seen as a, a possible giant killing anymore. Had there been old-style conference clubs, still part-time, then probably. Um, and there are some good games out there where there's possible giant killings in, in from, from football league clubs playing higher teams. So, disappointing yes, so, but surprise no. Yes.
2: No, nah, I'm not surprised either, but I think with Boreham Wood, third season in a row, being in the third this is the third season in a row, isn't it? In the, in the third round of the FA Cup. I think it's it's a game where they could possibly... I mean, I fancy Boreham Wood against Accrington. I think they'd give it a good go. I think it'd be an entertaining TV clash. But when you see the likes of Man City playing Chelsea in the FA Cup, mm. you can see why you, can, yeah. you can't... As much as we all love non-league football, mm-hmm. if you've got a choice of watching Boreham versus Accrington or Man City versus Chelsea, I mean, I know what I'd pick, but a lot of people are going to go for the Man City versus yeah. Chelsea, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Which is sad.
0: Yeah, it is sad, but it's, it is the FA Cup third round. So yeah, the Premier League clubs, the Championship clubs do come in. It's big money now. Um, So I'm not wholly surprised at all.
1: But you look at Dagenham and Redbridge or Gillingham against Leicester. Now, the Daggers are hit and miss. Gillingham are having a right struggle at the bottom of League Two. There's a little danger they might, if they carry on, drop into the National League. It's a home tie against a Premier League club. I would have thought that would have been picked out because you've got a chance of a massive upset whichever one of those two clubs host Leicester. Hmm.
0: Hmm.
1: That's where I think they've yeah, missed a the trick okay. a bit. Um, they missed a you know, trick there. Definitely. Um, Chesterfield, West Brom. National yeah. League against Premier League uh, against Championship. you still got that yeah. gap though, haven't you?
0: You haven't got the gap, but yeah, it's not going to, it doesn't wet the appetite. It's certainly I- the before,
1: the Man group. City, Chelsea don't wet the appetite for me, but well, <laughs>
0: there's no shocking. No, remember, that, remember what the remember the world we live in. We yeah,
2: are
1: in I a know. minority. Yeah, I
2: know. Yeah, the world is yeah. the world is built to cater for the majority, isn't it? And not the minority. Yeah. And and uh, as much as I'd love to watch those games on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, ninety five percent of people would much rather watch Man City versus Chelsea or. Hmm. God forbid, Man United against Everton. Like,
1: am I, am I thinking as well, though, there's more TV games in the third round than there were for the second round? Obviously, definitely the first round.
2: No, I don't
1: think no. so.
2: One, I two, I'm sure, three, three I'm sure only... four, five, six. I'm going to have a quick look now while you guys are talking. Because
1: I, I just have a feeling, I'm sure there was a Friday night game, one on Saturday and two on the Sunday, if I remember rightly, for the second one round. On a, and one on the Monday and uh, know there wasn't a Monday one. There okay. was a round before Bracknell and Ipswich in the first round. Oh. Okay, but I think they go back to a Monday one for this one. So I think yeah, they do. Yeah, so so I think they there's do. more there's more TV games. So you'd have thought, with that in mind, there was,
2: there was four games.
1: What well, in the second round?
2: In the second round, so there's, there's Kings Lynn versus one. Stevenage, Forest Green versus Church. Fleet versus Fleetwood fleet, Town and yeah. Newport versus Torquay or Derby. And then, and
1: then there's six in this round.
2: Mm. Yeah. yeah they only... could have squeezed one in, couldn't
1: they? Of course they could. Yeah. Of course they could. But they choose
2: yeah.
0: not
2: to. Nah.
1: We'll have this argument again next year. And
0: the
2: error. <laughs> I think this will be something that, that we argue about for the rest. Uh,
1: yeah, of course we will. Of course we the will. Because, we yeah, carried on, but... yeah. But, but like you say, you know, we're always going to be championing the non League. Of course we are trumpet and you know should we move uh, on to the non-league uh,
2: the long league version of the fa cup and go to the fa vars let's get into mm. the
1: vars shall we, and chris what what stuck out for you when the draw was made this afternoon um fa vars
0: fourth round proper and not one single northeast team left really unheard of blimey
1: i oh, know there, um, is there,
0: is there?
2: The no there isn't
0: The Northern League has dominated the F.A. for decades, and finally, finally, there's proof there that the the Northern League has lost its stranglehold on a competition that it thought it owned. And I don't mean the league; I mean the hierarchy who saw it as the the annual jolly. For non-league finals day, and historically stopped it prohibited clubs from de, from moving up the pyramid. They they didn't want the clubs to move from the Northern League into the Northern Premier League. Hence, the saturation of clubs in the Northwest. But over the last six years, that's changed. And if you look at the Northern Premier League East, there are a lot of local clubs. And I mean, in the in the in the Premier League. Our South Shields division, you've got South Shields, Morpeth, and Mask, and in the league below, you've got Shildon, you've got Stockton, you've got hebben you know Dunstan, and so those are the clubs who have won the and uh, have won the FA Vars over the years, you know, and Spennymoor before that. Yeah. So um, it they it is just the the start of the weakening of the power of the Northern League and there's a lot of people out there particularly in the northeast of England who will be absolutely delighted not the clubs who are still in the co- who's trying to in- play in the competition yeah. but there'll be a lot of people out there saying yeah we've finally broke the stranglehold and clubs are being allowed to progress
1: yeah Gaz what's exactly exact
2: for you? There's one Sussex team left in there please go on Peacehaven and Towscombe Is that it? Uh, (laughs)
0: Newport, Newport,
1: Newport, Pagnell are in there again. Yeah. Now, this round, last season, the fourth round, was when Little Hampton got reinstated after uh, Athletic Newham played an ineligible player. And from that round onwards, they had a home draw all the way to Wembley. So... Is that an omen, do you think, for Newport Pagnell being drawn at home in, in this round to get Perhaps. all the way again?
0: Perhaps. They, I mean, South Shields played against them in 2017. So the, the Newport Pagnell are clearly a team that is used to playing in the competition. A lot of experience. Um, a betting man would have a tenor on them.
1: I, 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 it shows how difficult a competition it is, though, because oh. obviously, obviously, though, Littlehampton... And uh, who were the other semi-finalists last year? Um, Someone else moved up to step four. So two out of the four semi-finalists weren't in this year's competition. But Loughborough students who Littlehampton played um, in the semi-final last year to get to Wembley, went out, I think, the round before this one, before the third round. Um, But they're running away with, with, with their league this year. So it just goes to show it's not that easy to actually defend it um you know so they' they're doing well to keep in it. one that sticks out for me, Jersey Balls and Romford. I was just yeah. about to say Jersey
2: yeah. balls
1: yeah because Romford got relegated last year out the um Ishmael North Division and I think they're it's doing long. a slightly yeah. having a better run in the Essex Senior League so that um that's a pick on two two um two Kent sides still in it one a former winner so you've got I think, if I'm right, two former winners in there Deal Town and Newport Pagnell yeah. the only two sides in there that have, yeah. uh, have won it so could comfortably see a new name on the on the trophy mm-hmm. I think come May so yeah it'd be interesting to go the other thing i picked out from it as well look at the prize money less than two grand for winning yeah. that round
2: honestly what the TV money was for the FA Cup did you see what that was no it was £85,000 yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you, you take Rains Park Vale, Surrey, heading down to Brixham in Devon. You
2: That's know not even if, gonna cover their costs is it if they lose? No,
1: if 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 Brixham Brixham win that one, most of that two gone on flipping Rains Park's expenses. It's uh, you know ridiculous. I was gonna say Bromford and Jersey, but obviously Jersey have to pay a bit extra to be in our competitions and leagues, yeah. so that's, that's pretty much covered. But yeah, I thought that's a, you know, you looked at that and you think that's just ridiculous.
0: It's You start to think, is it actually worth it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I've got to say, when I when I was secretary at Wicker a, a few years ago, and obviously we were in the FA competitions, we were in both the FA Cup and the Vars then as well. And you look at, like, you know, I say your expenses and everything, and your referees and linesmen don't always come from your own county as well. They might come from Hampshire or surrey and yeah. you have to pay the mileage which you don't in the southern combination so that on top of you know mm-hmm. losing or or winning um yeah you you do sort of look at it and think and whether are taking part next year because we're, we're yeah we're losing more than we're actually mm-hmm. gaining out of it to be fair you know and um yeah. little hampton did well last year to get so much out of it i think from the extra crowd revenue that you know that built for them as well because the uh, prize money certainly uh didn't cover Doesn't too much, I don't effort, think <laughs> you know, as it went. So right, I think that's it, gents. We'll wrap up on that point. Um, Chris, where are you off to this week? Is it just Saturday for you at Shields?
0: Saturday away at Staley Bridge. So we'll be setting off probably, I guess, about eight o'clock, uh, on the coach. Uh, and then the big game next Tuesday away to mask. That was a rearranged game from when the floodlight there was floodlight failure. Oh, yeah the kickoff. Well, there was supposedly um, vandalism, but we've got i I've got a different thought on that. But anyway, um, Mascar, they are struggling. They've lost some players. And another one went to Whitby last week, and uh, it's a good time to play them. We beat them five five goals to or whatever it was in the FA Cup qualifiers. So um, yeah, it's, it's it's exciting times because Shields are just, just starting to
1: play and hit their straps. That's
2: what you got going on? Oh, I'm going to be meeting up with you tomorrow night and uh, watching Worthing. And then I have nothing planned today. I've got a friend's uh, birthday, so I'm going to have a friend's birthday. So that'll be uh, um, a bottomless brunch, that is. So be nice. a few drinks. By the time England kick off at seven o'clock, I shall be away with the fairies. You'll be asleep, won't you? Yeah, Obviously.
1: yeah, so yeah, Worthing and Ev's the- fleet for us tomorrow should be a very, very good game. Um, I've cold. Got Pog- uh, cold, yeah, cold. it's gonna be cold, I think. Um, I've got Bogner and Cray on Wednesday night, um, yeah. which should be another good game, well, for Cray anyway. Um, and then, <laughs> and then Saturday, well, no, well li- literally, Cray are three points, I think, outside the playoffs, and Bogner are languishing well down the table there. Mm. And Relegation. And no, nah, they're not. They're, no. they're a little bit closer to the relegation points was than they are the playoffs, I think. But um, and then Saturday, Littlehampton against Corinthians. So I'm having a, I'm having a South Coast trio yeah, this good. week. And then, providing Halifax and Barnet don't move, their kickoff game, I'll be checking out the National League streaming platform as well on Saturday afternoon. So. Very oh,
2: good. And then Barnet, you over on, on, on Tuesday. Then can't you?
1: Sorry, I can report back. Yeah
2: you can you can feed back on the pod next time
1: can't you yeah i certainly can so this might be the last recording for christmas we're not sure if we can squeeze another one in but we shall try our very hardest but if we don't it might be very early in december but have a wonderful christmas and a very happy new year all the best